Rogers almost going to fall for Martinez. Antonov trying to get there. Martinez finishes to give away the match. It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan, Miguel Almiron. Atlanta United in just their second year of existence have won MLS Cup. Your final J. Sam Jones from the Mothership and Jerry South Soccer. Joe Patrick with 90.9 The Game and Jerry South Soccer is over there. Joe, if if Cubo starts about or, or if Cubo even gets in the game about 40 or 50 more times, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> Man, it is, a, it is a struggle to watch him out there. It's like it would be one thing if he could move around. But like that's what sticks with me is like you see him. I, there was one time where there was kind of a rebound he was trying to chase down and he just had no chance to get there over several pick your defender from the other team <laughs> like there was just he just can't really move around that well it's yeah it's frustrating it's uh interesting choices all around uh kurt castle on the intro there with his song chances which i can't believe we picked a song called chances in the season where they're gonna create like three chances <laughs> the entire time there are gonna be more chances on five strike final than with atlanta united that's the new bit everyone enjoy it mm-hmm. um we're guaranteed well, for one chance a game mm, look at that look at that as well, opposed to the listen, five listen um um, I, I want to, I want to, let's, let's, let's therapize a little bit. Let, let's wrestle with some fears here. Okay. Because Atlanta United um, goes into Philadelphia and plays fine, plays fine. It was not spectacular by any means. They lacked urgency, it seemed at times for a team that was down three, nothing. I am worried we are already to the point where these shows are going to start sounding very, very similar over and over again, as we point to a, a, a singular problem mm-hmm. which is that the talent simply is not there right now mm-hmm. yeah and that might be the whole show for the next <laughs> right. three months i know it is terrifying it is terrifying to think about from a podcaster's perspective at least that we had, might have to come on and try to <laughs> who try, will think try of to the be cheeky and pissy about the same exact problem which is that this team has no wingers um yeah i mean it's uh it's so it's interesting i i'm trying to thread the needle between uh not I, i'm not like necessarily trying to be optimistic about the team but i am trying to you know really assess where there are legitimate good points uh in what they're doing but also be fair and in criticism and point out where they're falling short and right now i do think that the way this team is kind of building up and playing in its own third and in the middle third of the field is as good of stuff that we've seen from atlanta united you know basically in its history but it's like when that ball moves into the final third there's just i have no confidence that they're going to score because there's just no dynamism. There's not really ideas. Their players clearly don't look to be on the same page with one another. And to your point, what you said is that there just doesn't seem to be that kind of talent on the field, like the playmaker who's going to make stuff happen, you know? And that's kind of, I think, the most demoralizing part of it all. Yeah, it's exactly right. The system is working, right? Like the system is there. You can see the building blocks. You can see how those all coalesce to, to form something that is entertaining, something that should be producing results but it goes back to, to something that we talked about at the start of the year and something I remember asking 
Paul Spokenegra. Again, there's only one real starter who's ever scored more than four goals at the first division level, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he told me, well, the system is going to create these goals, right? That was his response to that problem. And that was not correct so far. <laughs> yeah. So far, I'm not going to so say far. it was yeah, yeah, entirely yeah. not correct, but that is not correct so far. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. So I don't know, man. That's that's frustrating. That's frustrating. It's, it's tough to reckon with the optimism and the pessimism kind of colliding together on the freeway at 80 miles an hour all at once right here. And it's not like last night was bad. I'm not saying last night was bad, which I I feel like I keep doing this, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not saying last night was bad over and over again. But when the flaws are as clear as they are, you don't really need to wrestle with anything else because it's there. Right. It's right in front of you. Right. Like, I think if you were to compare tape, which I've not done, but if you were like to directly compare uh, like on two monitors or whatever, the, the game, what we saw last night, for example, versus a game from early in the Frank DeBoer tenure, I think you would see a legitimate difference in that this team is playing better. Like they, they, they play better across the field. But I think one of the differences you would see is there is just a different level of I, I think with a healthy Joseph Martinez at that point in time, like you were at least still seeing some crosses get in some chances being created just through Joseph's ability alone, if nothing else. And right now with this team, when you don't have the same player in Joseph Martinez right now, I don't know if he will be ever be the same player that he once was. We'll see. I'm not saying that he wouldn't be. It's just not the player he is now combined with just not some of the other players um, that that quality. It's just there's the same kind of impotency in, in the attack with both sides, even though that this team might play better on the field. And at the end of the day, it's like you play this game to score goals and win games. And if you're not doing that, it doesn't really matter all that much as to what you're doing in the first few thirds or the first couple thirds of the field. And that's what I think fans are starting to get kind of pretty frustrated with. And I'm with them as well. It's just like, you know, it's frustrating to watch your team play and play and play and then not really ever having faith that they're going to do much exciting in the in that final third. All right. Well, we have a lot to get to here with this one. A couple housekeeping things real quick. We got a show with Doug Roberson going up patrons later today. Um, whole lot to get to, whole lot to get to. So you might as well go to business time. Business time. Joe Patrick again at Lane United knocked out of Champions League losing 4-1 on aggregate to the Philadelphia Union who were simply better. And that's one of those things that I think adds to the frustration is that when you look at a team like Philadelphia and you kind of compare resources to Atlanta and everything like that and you see man, it's just as basic as seeing the speed. When Philadelphia's guys took off in transition, it was as simple as going, holy crap, those guys Mm -hmm. are way faster than us. Like all of them, it seemed like, you know, um, and and they were missing a couple of days. They were missing, of course, Jose Martinez. They shifted Leon Flock down to the base of their diamond. He still looked excellent. Um, it's crazy how often they're they're hitting on guys like you know Casper Przybylko from the Polish first division or whatever, right? You know, and he's coming yeah. in and making an impact and everything like that. All those guys are are working together and have the talent and ability to do things. And when you when you compare it to what we have, it just doesn't seem the same. And that's that's you know Philadelphia, who to be fair aren't 
Terrence Tanner and them have built something pretty incredible and pretty out of the norm for MLS. But your standards for Atlanta United that that have been set, you know, by the same front office, um, you know, lead to c- comparing with mm-hmm. Philadelphia. It seems like that. It, really, the comparison should be LAFC, right, mm-hmm. or Seattle, yeah. and the sure. not not Philadelphia, right you now. So right. that's one of those things where you're like instantly, okay, what's up here? This is this is strange, and maybe that's maybe part of the frustration as well. They were just better. I mentioned during the game that I really do enjoy watching Philadelphia Union and Jim Curtin's mm-hmm. teams play. Like I I do think that the four one two one two that diamond midfield in my opinion that's like the best formation like i I know that that's like a very (laughs) crude way to say it but i i really do think that that shape is the best way to um basically just like to to use space all across the field in multiple in a variety of ways and so i respect that about them and you could see it on the field you know they were always able to pressure atlanta when atlanta needed to be pressured but also kind of you know safe safe safe-ish um keeping themselves defensively so i really enjoy watching them play but you're right. I mean, like Atlanta United has ambitions to not just be as good as the Philadelphia Union, but to be a clearly better team than the Philadelphia Union. And so um, they're not there yet. But, you know, that's that's the way it goes, I guess. Uh, did you see what happened with Gabriel Heinze and Jim Curtin, by the way? Because this was like a big talking point. I didn't see it after the game. And I don't know if we're going to get into this later, but um, I didn't see yeah. what happened. But I was kind of catching up with some things after Jim Curtin spoke and things like that. It was kind of wild. Much like much like how this was dealt with as, as something that happened after the game let's 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 hit this at the very end okay, and okay maybe okay. maybe kind of get into it um you know you got dudes out there being dudes you know and yeah. they get fired up about things yeah. and, and that's really most of the gist of it we will kind of get into it a little we'll, bit we'll, we'll talk about that later i do want to kept pick up on one thing you said though which is about kind of atlanta's pace on the field i was thinking about mm-hmm. it when you said it, it's like i think that atlanta if you were to like all their fastest players that they had on the field last night are like are the back four <laughs> it's like the four players Yes, the four defenders what is that? are probably their fastest players on the field, which is not necessarily a terrible thing in this situation where mm-hmm. when you're pushing forward, you're going to be playing a game where you have to defend on the counter. Like that's just going to be how the style of the game is played. And so I think it did help. Like Miles Robinson, I thought was phenomenal last night, just chasing down players when he had to. Um, that's what he's best at. That's what he's really good at. And so for that reason, it helps. But also it's like uh, you wish you had some more dynamism in the attack, some more pace in the attack to threaten the union. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I do think that in general the way the game played out was in large part due to the game state of when you're down three nothing it's just very hard to um it's very easy to say the team just needs to attack gung-ho from the opening whistle but you know emerson hyman said it last night after the game that you have to kind of pace yourself you you can't go full bore from the first whistle all the way through you got to kind of increase your intensity over time in terms of just the amount of risk you're you're willing to take throughout the game so it was just like Mm -hmm. one of those things and i think they they really lost this this tie in the last 35 minutes of that first leg yeah that's exactly right but it it also seemed to an extent like maybe they were overthinking about pacing themselves you know there were opportunities the entire night where it seemed like okay now they're gonna hit and transition now Mm -hmm. they're gonna take off now they're going to do something that you know it really looks like a team that is working to overcome a three nothing deficit and at times at times later in the game it looked like it when it kicked it and and like you said they, they did have to kind of pace themselves with it but there were also times earlier in the game where it felt like that could have been it where they could have had that sense of okay this is a blood in the water type moment we're gonna go and simply attack space that's one of the weirdest things about all of this to me right now is that even when players are getting into space and when there is space in front of this is probably the biggest kink in the system right 
now where they will freeze. Yep. They will sit on the ball and see that they have space to take to maybe run at the back line. And the players around them will sit off the ball and see that there's maybe space in behind and not do anything sometimes. Right. But the, when they're on the ball, it's especially noticeable. I think it's a lack of confidence. I feel like exactly. I, I feel like the, the, the players individually don't feel like they have confidence that if they drive forward into those spots that their teammates are going to be in a, in positions where they need to. And I also just think, you know, there's just a confidence, a lack of confidence in general. I will say that um, the, the player I'm thinking about in particular who had like a good 30 feet of space in front of at one point and didn't take it was Santiago Sosa. And if there's anyone who might be just a little bit disappointed with everyone around him right now, it's Santiago <laughs> Sosa. <laughs> oh my gosh, he was doing everything last night. He's incredible. He really is. I, I tweeted out that like, I'm still not sure how much of a bit this is, right? I said something to the effect of like, I think he's like legit a $20 million player maybe and i think people were largely agreeing with that I, I i look at things like of course his performance over this tie but then you look at what jim Curtin said before this tie where he said i think he's going to be the best signing in the league mm, yeah like, oh okay and sure and, and you, you look haven't at, played him yet yeah and you look at the way the new england revolution played against atlanta united over the weekend i mean clearly their it was like focus. their tactic was like sh- just shut him down it's like mm-hmm. uh you know cutting off the head of the snake or whatever if you cut that if you can cut off that supply then it becomes very difficult for Atlanta United to do what they want to do and so their play all kind of flows through him right now and I I find it really fun to watch there was one time he made a mistake trying to make one of these passes but I was loving sometimes he would make these like little one-touch passes um, to recycle possession but he was also like he was like chopping the ball so it had some spin on it and was putting um, just kind of to lead the ball in the right direction into some space for players Uh, just like those little things are really fun to to watch a player execute on the field during an actual match then of course he scores the goal in this one as well it's an excellent turn um he does a little half turn brings it down and i think was maybe surprised to see as much space as he had but he did attack at that time he felt good about it that time and said screw it you know let's let's go ahead and and see what i can do and put a really solid shot on goal it it bounced it found the side netting just about uh beat andre blake which is always a tough thing to do that's a really impressive i think first professional goal for santiago sosa yep first professional goal ever (laughs) And, you know, that that came like minutes after he was like blocking shot. He like blocked a shot with his face his face. And then like immediately after that, just, you know, jumped in to block the uh, the rebound shot as well. Just an absolute all around performance from from Sosa. It was kind of I was laughing, but it's like really I was kind of laughing because it was so good. You know, it's just exactly what uh, you would hope to see from a player like that. And I think that Jim Curtin could be right. I think that he could be one of the best signings in the league. And it's it's just a shame that sometimes those kinds of players don't get valued the same way as other players do in the market um and when it comes to transfer prices i think we're in for a shakeup in the market in general um due to some uh bubbling up uh, that's happened the the frothiness of the market so to speak with i think that it'll be very interesting to see what happens this summer with all these super league teams that have overspent mm-hmm. for the last several years and anyway that's kind of getting off down a different <laughs> on a tangent but yeah i mean santiago sosa has been incredible and it, I, the question just now is how long he's going to be around honestly mm-hmm. exactly right it, he'll be here through the summer for sure oh yeah i mean this year he'll be Um, here 100 so no one no one freak out about that right but next year honestly i'd I'd be pretty shocked honestly if heinze would let him go as well even next year like i think he'll be here through heinze but that that, i I would think so too i would think so too but he is 22 he's a little older than i think a lot of us kind of remember sometimes which is crazy to me it kind of shows how good of course river plates midfield was that he wasn't able to to really get the consistent playing time because he's i mean he's balling out right here which is really really hard at least someone's balling out 
Exactly. At least somebody. There is there there are dudes. They're just not in the attack right now. I still feel oh, good about the back yeah, you know, you, Did you know uh, Santiago Sosa's birthday was on uh, Monday? No. I just I just Wikipedia. We did, I didn't, I didn't get him a card he or He just or turned anything. 22. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Santi. All right. Um, yeah, no, but down the spine, I feel good. Sosa walks was good again last night. Dude, I don't know. Is, <laughs> are we going to talk about Alan Franco? <laughs> Is, because is, we just spent a lot of money on a dude that <laughs> feels a little redundant and hasn't been as good as Anton in I the know. first couple of games. That's that's the thing. Is like, did you did we just spend money on a designated player where he's not even as good as you know the the current starters? It's tough. I think it's tough to assess Alan Franco fully yet. You know, he's just yeah, no, we can so, so short a space of time, and he's he's getting over COVID too. So you know, who knows what kind of effects that has? I don't know. Um, I am I am laughing in particular at. Um, um, Matt Doyle's kind of jubilance uh, at this signing potentially being bad. You know, he keeps kind of talking about on extra time and everything like that, about how he's just not been in position and everything like that. So enjoy it while you can, Matt. Um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been rough. It's a rough start for, for Alan Franco, I think. But it's especially interesting because by all accounts, this is like a position that Gabriel Heinze was adamant on having. And that's why mm-hmm. we saw this team go in for like three different center backs during this transfer window. So um, but I don't know. I mean, it's clearly I think Heinze realized that you know he needed to be pulled off in that revolution game he came off at halftime and then in the in this game he could have been selected to start but he ch- was chosen not to so um I don't know it, it'll be kind of interesting to see how he's able to kind of get bedded in with this team over the course of the season and I still kind of wonder if a three at the back is something that could happen with those three defenders the only problem with having walks Miles Robinson and Alan Franco all together at the back is none of them are really your classic distributors um like none of them is a true passer like a Santiago Sosa is. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. That would be interesting to see if that ever happens. But it's a fight for playing time, I guess. And not a position that I don't know if in MLS you really want a ton of fighting for playing time at that position, you know. So you want to kind of yeah. allocate your resources so that you're getting all of your talent on the field at the same time. And I think that that's the problem with this position right now. Well, if you get a DP center back in MLS, right, there's only one other one of those right now off the top of my head. It's Walker Zimmerman, right? And Walker Zimmerman is clearly a game changing presence he has led nashville to to places they probably really didn't expect to be mm-hmm. in their first season and have struggled a bit in the early goings here but you want a dp center back to truly truly change things right and it's gonna be interesting if that doesn't happen right, right. We're, we're not saying that's that's it yet it is super early dude just got in dude hasn't had really any time to, to actually train with the team and everything like that it's not quite the same as anton who was in the system from the jump um but is, is clearly outperforming any expectations we had for him is clearly a little more comfortable right now that may not be the answer long term but it's an interesting dilemma to have right now especially when you're looking at the front of, of this atlanta united right team right. and going wait crap uh a dp winger would have been real nice yeah exactly it's like with the braves you know the braves are like uh you know braves fans are kind of pissed that the team now invested 11 million dollars in drew smiley when you could have used that money somewhere else and you have you know Oscar you know coming up or whatever but Oscar like, no, is so good, it, right? it, it's it's it, you want to kind of distribute your out your resources as best as you can throughout the team so that you're maximizing that value and so yeah I don't know and I I, I also think that Anton is just more fit than Alan Franco at this point like I've heard people mm-hmm. who have n- are not familiar with Alan Franco um, who have just seen him play these first couple of games and they're like man this guy is slow 
slow as hell where that is not Alan Franco. Like Alan Franco is a speedy center back, but he has looked slow, um, especially in that second half against the Philadelphia Union in the first leg. I think he was totally gassed and pushing way too high up the field and he couldn't recover. I don't know if that has anything to do with COVID recovery or just mm-hmm. the fact that he hadn't been playing. You know, he had a period of not playing games for a long time. So you just lose some of that fitness. I'm not sure. Um, but hopefully he can regain some of that. Yeah, he said coming in that he felt fit. I mean, he had been playing. Um, he had been training, everything like that. But I, I think you really need to treat COVID at this point like a like an injury. You know, if you've had it, uh, mm-hmm. we, I think um, it might have been Evan Turner in the NBA who said he's felt like he's been playing with concussion the last few weeks, everything like that. It, it is an amazing thing how much it affects so many things that we what we won't know about. Right. I like mean, he's not going to come out and be like, I am tired walking to the fridge, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I had it and I didn't really feel anything, but I'm not a professional athlete, so I don't know how it would have affected like performance at the very top end. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say that, you know, Emerson Hyman is a guy that we know had it last year, and he certainly to me looks like he has way more energy and this is year. just moving mm-hmm. around and playing much, much better this year than he was last year. Of course, there are so many dynamics that play into it, and I almost feel bad speculating about like health issues like this, but, um, you know, just some, I'm just trying to put pieces of evidence data points together. Speaking of health issues, we haven't even really gotten to this because we haven't even really discussed that there was a game on Saturday against New England that Atlanta also do lost have, in that one. But do we have to talk about we it? We don't have to really talk about <laughs> it. They they rotated a lot of people. It, it didn't quite work out. Um, right now, yeah, this, is a, this is an Atlanta United team that right now is relying on individual moments of semi-brilliance and brilliance to, to get them a single goal. You know, you have to have someone like Sosa turn and, and score a spectacular goal. You have to have Marcelino um, ruin Andrew by one time or whoever it was and, and get a penalty right to score a goal. You, you have to have this. You have to have Ezekiel Barco mess up a free kick and then bang one and fall <laughs> yeah. on his ass and yeah. then score. Right. Like those are the things that are creating goals right now, which is not encouraging. So there you go. There's your New England thing. We got a penalty. We didn't get anything else. And uh, New England maybe got a little bit lucky. There you go. But big thing there. Ezekiel Barco injured. Jurgen Dom injured. Right. So two pieces to an attack that was already sputtering. Now taken out of the equation, which Emerson reminded me of because Emerson kind of shifted into a more defensive role last night mm-hmm. and and did a good job. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's done a good job defensively this year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's been that's honestly been one of the big improvements for him. It's just like his activity defensively, his awareness. And honestly, again, kind of go back to the fitness. He just looks like he's moving around so much better and able to cover passing lanes and things like that. Emerson Heinemann doing noticeable things. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what a day. <laughs> um, but a you day. Know, he also said, too, I do want to point out, he also said, too, he was acting as an outlet for any pressing and anything like that. Um, so it, that's something to kind of keep an eye on if Atlanta is ever in a scenario where they are getting pushed back or anything like that. Look and see if they're looking for Emerson mm-hmm. as an outlet. That's where he can be effective. Yeah. And to go back to those injuries that happened in the New England game, I mean, you hate to see it because those are two guys who are like your injury prone guys. You know, Ezekiel Barco has battled his entire Atlanta United tenure with various injuries. Some of them have more been more like knee and joint related as opposed to like soft soft tissue types of stuff. But Jurgen Dam is a guy who missed time last year with, uh, I believe, I want to say it was a hamstring. Uh, it was a pulled muscle of some sort. Um, so you hate to see that kind of thing continue. Um, and you, it, it doesn't it doesn't give me good vibes. I guess that's my only takeaway. I don't know how much you can actually assess an injuries injuries like these, but it's just it's not good to see players who consistently have trouble with injury and to have this happen to them. 
I'm going to bring up the stat. I know I bring up this, this stat a lot, but I'm going to bring it up again. Masekio Barco has started, I think it's 43 games out of a possible 94 in his wow. United career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not good enough. Not good enough. You know, being healthy is a skill, all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's another hole. And it's there's tough. Hole. Yeah. Like for him, he's a guy who's used to when he's playing, he's typically starting. And of course, when you come in as a sub, it's just a different, you got to warm up differently. You got to prepare your body differently. And I think that I want, I, I can only wonder if that contributed to him, you know, just not being used to that kind of routine and then coming into the game and, and that happening, but tough game. I, I had we a good time. I was at a bar, so. I wasn't really paying that close attention to the game, fortunately, and it was fun to like feel like real life again. So, well, that was let's cool. talk. Let's talk about feeling good at a bar and like celebrating maybe the potential uh, substitution of someone like Eric Lopez or maybe even last night. Yes. Celebrating Eric Lopez being inserted in the lineup. I still think he offers more than Jurgen Dam. I don't think he offers enough to potentially game changing, but I still think he offers more. That's my that's my Lopez take. Elo. Sure. That's fair. I mean, like, obviously, is kind of a bit that everybody like everybody knows that I like him or whatever um but I think that like even though he was not perfect at all last night he made some mistakes um but he was still involved in some things like he was involved in some combination play that I I think you'll agree with me Sam that you just know that Jurgen Dan would not be participating in what's mm-hmm. like he would be out on the wing you know staying to himself out there he would not be coming inside and trying to be creative and combining with other players where Eric Lopez is and I think that he has tons of room to get better better over the course of the season. He's not that that dynamic player right now, but he still has a ton of potential. There was one moment last night where Eric Lopez was involved with one of those combination plays and it was one touch. It was quick. Mm-hmm. He was cutting in from the wing and he was playing with Joseph and it was almost like Joseph said, all right, we got to We got to go. I'm sick of this. Right. Yeah. Um, and when they played it, they played quickly and just didn't really have that last little touch to take them into the box. But it was the single most threatening move of the night from Atlanta. And uh, again, you're right on you see your condom make that kind of play like I didn't think Eric Lopez was perfect but I th- I, I honestly didn't think he looked that much better or worse than Marcelino Moreno who is a doesn't <laughs> we haven't even got to talk about Marcelino have we? <laughs> is he is he a dude is is he a dude do we know Man, last year we thought so I know I know what, what, I don't know what's changed and, and it's it's weird to see him finally move centrally right which is something we had been clamoring for a little bit right like we just kind of assumed that, that he would be better at that because he was better at that mm-hmm. last season and he got in last night and was wholly ineffective i don't know why very were we frustrating were we just like <laughs> last year we were just we, like oh man we were in a weird place last year <laughs> mentally yeah. like we were like, somebody give us hope and we were we it's were like, willing to cling on to anybody at that point <laughs> it's like having a, a pitcher come in throwing 70 after all your other pitchers have been throwing 60 and you're like oh shit yeah <laughs> He's throwing heat. I mean, last night it was so frustrating because he would just lose the ball on like a heavy touch trying to like dribble upfield, you know, like yeah. like really kind of clumsy errors at times. It wasn't all bad, you know, like, but it was not what you want to see from a guy who's supposed to be your primary playmaker, the guy who's supposed to be setting up Joseph for goals. Honestly, it looked like to me, and it's it's looked like this for a couple games now, like Atlanta United's best chances happen when Joseph actually drops off the line to do some playmaking himself, and he has yeah. runners that then 
go in front of him. Like, and I think that Joseph is a more technical player than Marcelino Moreno. That's how it looks mm-hmm. to me when he could, when he gets on the ball. Joseph's willing to make those little one-touch passes, the little hold-up play. Um, it, it's really, it's much more tidy than Marcelino Moreno. It looks like the ball is like bouncing off of him really hard. Which leads to this, and this is the last thing I'll say before we head to your questions. But when Joseph is back to 100% and no one else is, right? Right? Joseph's going to be real angry. And I don't know whether that pulls the team up or pulls the team down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see. Yeah, I don't. It's it's interesting. I feel like Joseph himself, we talked about confidence players on this team having confidence or not having it right now. And I think that Joseph's in that state where it's like he's still also trying to regain his confidence. And I think that he doesn't have some of those same leadership qualities in terms of like getting in somebody's ass for not, you know, doing the right thing or being good enough or whatever it is um, that he would have if he's on full form and feeling really confident in himself. You know, I don't think I don't know if he feels like he has that kind of um, authority to do that unless he's scoring goals, which he's not yet. I think he's close. I think he's I think he's getting there um, just in terms of getting his first goal. But um, yeah, I think that I mean, I, I I know that we're not so we're not used to saying that Joseph may lack confidence at all. But I think that right now he is kind of not this in the same exact headspace that we've seen him when he's, you know, obviously really firing on on all cylinders. All right. We'll find out what kind of headspace you guys were in in just a second as we answer your questions after this quick break. And before we get back into the show, did just want to shout out once again our partners at Lucid FC for bringing you this episode of Five Stripe Final. They've got a new shop out um, in Buckhead. It's right behind the Whole Foods there. Uh, the address is 3209 Paces Ferry Place Northwest, if you want to write that down or Google it or whatever. But I cannot wait to see what they get done there because I think that that shop is going to be um, experiential to say the least. These guys are really creative and uh, I think that it will be more than just a, a place to sell clothes. So that would be really cool. But you can obviously also order from them online at lucidfc.us. They've got their new spring summer 2021 collection out now, uh, which you can buy right now online called This is a Modern World. It's really cool stuff. The collection brings nostalgic, psychedelic party nights of the past to the new modern lifestyle. Uh, I've checked it out on on their shop. It looks really cool. The products on this line will be sold exclusively to directly to you on the Lucid FC website. That's where you get it. Uh, they've got unisex sizes from extra small to extra extra large, and the uh, price points from eight dollars to three hundred and eighty dollars. So there's something in there for everybody, uh, and it has just launched, and it's really cool. Definitely would recommend everybody go check out uh, Lucid FC. Dot us and maybe pick up yourself some uh, some modern world clothes. Wow, what a break. What a break. What an incredible break. Joe, we've been complaining a lot. And so before we get to the listener questions real quick, real quick, I want to offer the good people of Atlanta and elsewhere and Five Stripes Nation. I'll call it that. Five Stripes <laughs> Um, <laughs> I hated myself as I said it. I did not like it. Shout out to the 17s. Um, you know what do, to do. Uh, God damn it. Five Stripes um, Nation. Wait, this show is already too long. <laughs> how do we fix it? If we had to just quickly be like, all right, <laughs> I know that freaks you out. That's a, that's a, it's a big question. Um, how do we fix it? How do we, if we are asking, where are the dudes? Can we, can we, as Joe and Jay Sam shine a light onto where the dudes might be? Can we lift the dirty? mat and find the roaches of dudes underneath it scrambling out and scurrying in the light or something i don't know where i'm going with this please save me well i mean i think you can improve yourself on the margins by using a guy like jackson conway instead of a guy like kubo torres if you know coming in for a late game sub i mean i don't know if that's a contro- 
controversial take or not, but I feel like Jackson Conway is at least going to be physically more capable getting out there, running around, putting his body on the line. I don't, yeah, I, he's a technical player too. Like I think he's, he's a quite a good finisher as well. I don't want to overplay him though, because this is a different level uh, of quality stepping up to the, mm-hmm. to, to the MLS level, but just, just seeing him physically. That, I mean, that's the thing for me that is so frustrating. I mentioned at the top of Kubo Torres, it's like, what's the point of putting on a player who doesn't just, he, he can't really move around the field that well. And it's just like really frustrating to watch, especially as a sub coming in. It's like, you figure that's the one advantage they have is coming on and being able to use their physical, their, their physicality against players who have been out there for 70 minutes. So that's the kind of frustrating thing to me. And I think that there are some opportunities possibly that, that we as the new managers of this team could do to, uh, to improve. That's, that's a micro move. That's a micro move. It is a move. micro move. Let's, let's, let's think macro here. Okay. Let's think macro. And I will, I will put this out there. I'm just going to gently toss this out in the world as I kind of have before. Is the writing on the wall with Zeke and this team? And do you cut your losses in the summer and open up a DP spot at any possible cost? Oh, yeah. If we're fast forwarding to the, to the transfer window, then I absolutely say that this team can and probably should think about making moves midseason with some of these big players. Players. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel Barco obviously being one of them um, to try to get the pieces to fit a little bit better, better than they do right now. It's like clearly what we've been talking about so far in the show and what everybody has seen is that the wing there just basically are no really dynamic wingers on this team that are going to affect the game in a big way. And I think that you'd probably be better off in the long term, you know, swapping out. Yeah, you know, I'm just like swapping out as a player like Ezekiel Barco for a player that's going to be more dynamic on the wing and actually be a little bit more direct and give you that more more chance creation instead of being a Barco type who's a playmaker and you already have other kinds of playmakers like that with Emerson Hyman and Santiago Sosa who want to kind of be that kind of player I think I just feel like this team needs somebody who's more direct and can actually go at goal more so yeah I'm I'm, I'm totally yeah. in agreement with that and it, it can come off it can be you know spun as be ah like Barco sucks he should get out of here like that's not necessarily what I think but it's just a matter of trying to make all the pieces fit in a way so that every player can be at their best yeah we actually kind of I kind of jumped and answered Jacob's question already. I didn't mean to really do I thought I was asking my own question. Jacob already had this question from the Discord. He said, there's admittedly a lot to be hopeful about this team, but without impactful wingers, I feel our ceiling is underwhelming just above average. Will we realistically make some moves this summer? And if not, what can we do to create the dudes? But no, I think this is a team last year that saw the writing on the wall with Frank and made the move, right? And we applauded them for that. That was bold. It was the correct decision. You couldn't just sit there and keep floundering this is not a club or a team that wants to keep floundering of course especially as fans come back into the stadium um you know you, you want that gate revenue you want all that and do that you have to have a team that gets the city excited to a point where you're not just bringing in the diehards that you have created you have to bring in the casuals as well and, and knowing that um moves are going to come if, if this doesn't change because the answer feels pretty clear right now agreed yeah i, I agree and i think again I'll, I'll reiterate i think this team is better than they were last year this team is this team is yes. a good team but it can be a better team and we're we're saying all of this in context of making Atlanta United as a team that is the best team in MLS so we're kind of picking at this with a fine tooth comb here for sure for sure but that should be the goal yeah that's the standard Mm -hmm. that's you know that's the resources you have that's everything Mm -hmm. kind of coming together that should be the goal bad time Bob asks what kind of therapist do I need to see about Einstein giving a meaningless Cubo a look over a promising Conway and a meaningless game and Joe you kind of yeah we already yeah sorry jumping the gun on these questions we are we 
sure. But y'all, we, a, a lot of the sentiments were the same. I think it's not just us, you know, it's not like the media has some vendetta or anything like that. It's just what everyone else is seeing. All these questions were pretty much the same. Uh, Michael Head asked, when do we get worried that the 21 season becomes 2020? Um, it will not. Yeah, it won't. You know, I, like you said, Joe, this is we're nitpicking a little bit here. It has objectively gotten better. Yeah. And I, I don't really know what to say other like if 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 you're feeling that way, I don't really know what to say that could like, you know, calm you down. <laughs> but like the just the quality just the play like it, it to me it's just a more attractive game to watch even in a game where you don't create you know a ton of chances I, I don't know what they had last night I think it was around 0.5 which is similar to what they were creating through much of 2020 um, but it's still a, just a, a more enjoyable product to watch like we, we want to see it better but it's clearly just more enjoyable I, I, I enjoy watching this team play even though the results and the goals aren't necessarily coming right now it's still interesting play and so I don't really have any fear that that's going to happen whatsoever in fact this is this is probably the worst this team is going to look under Heinze. Like they'll just continue to get better and better. I would think so. I don't have any fears. You would certainly hope. I think injuries may be a little bit of concern now with, with what Zeke and Dom are going through. Cause they do sure. to some extent make the team better, mm-hmm. right? They don't make the team necessarily great, but they do make them better. So I, I hope that doesn't come too big of a hint. Uh, Jason Knackers asked, should we be worried that we still don't have any good attacking players besides a healthy Joseph? Yes, because I'm getting kind of, <laughs> worried that we still don't actually have any tack good players besides a healthy joseph yes yeah yep 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 philip jeffcoat asked what do you think about the midfield options atlanta hasn't really seemed the same since we lost mickey and gressel gressel was a threat on the wing miguel a threat in the middle right now i honestly can't say who is a threat up the wing or the middle y- you kind of mentioned the you kind of mentioned Emerson and Santiago as, as chance creators, um, which I think is interesting. Well, Can you kind of maybe elaborate a little bit more on that? Because I don't think they are in people's minds, the traditional chance creators you have in your head of like a number 10, right? They're they're playmakers. They're players who want to receive the ball at their feet and and play with the ball. Um, not necessarily chance creators in terms of like I, I think of a, a playmaker as someone who wants to actually receive the ball a bit deeper at their feet and, and try to pick passes and things like that as to where a chance creator is a guy who's driving into the box, you know, setting up a, a final ball for a Joseph at the far post or something like that. So um, I think they're more playmakers and this team could use more of those chance creator type of players like Gressel was one who was like, will it like wanted to get forward was a not a pacey player, but still direct in like his own weird kind of way that was very effective. And I'm not sure how, um, but like, you know, this team could use players like that. And honestly, right now that wing play is coming from the fullbacks. Like those are the mm-hmm. wide players in this system. Um, I, I'm fine with this midfield right now like when you look at Sosa and Heinemann I think that they are working well together and I think that that's one of the strengths of this team right now is the way that they're able to play through those players in the buildup but they really need those guys in the final third uh, not those guys as in those two players but other players to be able to make all that good play that happens in the middle of the field turn into something positive for the team in general you mentioned the fullbacks uh, as kind of being uh, the, the guys getting forward and everything like that right now I want to talk about George real quick and real real quick we don't have any questions about this but it's something that just popped in my mind. He is doing advanced level things tactically, I feel like, right? Like oh, yeah, he is sure. not just playing the traditional foot position. He's not just overlapping and banging it across and everything like that. He's doing a lot of things different. How have you felt about his ability on the ball in those scenarios? Because right now it kind of seems like sometimes he does. He, he gets himself into, into good positions, but when he's on the ball, sometimes it seems to be lacking. However, my kind of counter to anyone that might be worried about that is I think the potential 
benefits of taking that risk and allowing him that responsibility at this age when the talent is there is worth it. Yeah, for sure. I, I think Bello started the season a little bit rough, but he's continued to to get better and better as it's gone on. Um, I think that there are, again, I don't know if, if it's a confidence issue, but I know that, you know, we had, I was reading from people on Twitter saying that they wanted to see the team hit the ball in from the wings like more quick, quick more quickly. And I think uh, Felipe said that he, the Mikes were picking up Heinze saying, play the ball in first time, play the ball in first yep. time. I think that there's a couple things playing into that. First of all, it's like the when you spend a ton of energy getting up and down the field, when you get up the field, you don't want to just like whap in a cross um, <laughs> knowing that like the, the likely chance of success is low there. Um, but I also think that there is some kind of uh, confidence like George doesn't seem to be the type of player who wants to um, drive forward on the ball. Like he he's very confident making runs off the ball, getting into those central positions. We've seen him several times already pop up in the box with players playing him in on those underlapping runs. But he just doesn't seem like the same when he's actually on the ball in those wide areas wanting to really drive uh, forward. He's much more willing to kind of pull it back and, and continue to recycle possession. I just want everyone to know what are your, what have you thought about George? Well, I just want to note first that you did say whap in a ball, not whap in a ball there's what? a big difference there um <laughs> oh boy my thoughts about george I, yeah the, don't leave that um my <laughs> thoughts about george are you know kind of already said it like i said i think i think i think you're on to something with the confidence thing i think everyone's just hesitant right now um i don't know if that comes with time or if it comes with new players right but overall again i, I continue to think the back line and the spine have been the most encouraging things about all of this right it's a it's a it's a nice car with no steering wheel right now right Right. Yeah. Like, like they, they have all the kind of pieces, uh, but they can't make the turns and they can't, you know, maneuver when they need to and everything like that. All they can really do is kind of hit the gas and go forward um, and uh, until they kind of get the pieces that, that let them maneuver. They're just going to keep running into walls, even if like for the first stretch, they're kind of doing a good job. Mm -hmm. You know, eventually turns are going to come. I'll say another thing, too, which is that, first of all, I wouldn't say that like you're, you're you shouldn't be relying on your fullbacks for like to create a lot of your chances, you know, like that should be kind of a secondary option and I think that if this team was creating more through its primary attacking players like the Marcelino Morenos and and whatever wingers you have out there if they were creating more you would see actually more opportunities for those for those fullbacks in those wide areas so I think that a lot of this kind of compounds on itself when it's not working properly it's harder for everybody uh, and hopefully once things do start to flow and once a guy like Eric Lopez midseason is the talk of the town in MLS and everybody's afraid of him that's going to open up more space for uh, George Bellow or Brooks Lennon. And I would say just to quickly note on Brooks Lennon, I think that he's uh, once again, I, I keep on I giving him sevens in the player ratings because he just I don't see him like doing anything wrong. And in fact, he's like he, he, he shows these bright moments. But again, it's just unfortunate that none of this is really producing goals. Yeah, I, I think eventually that, you know, the sevens will turn into eights and nines, hopefully, hopefully. Right. And hopefully, Jeff Patrick, you're ready to put in an eight and nine level effort for this. This is rapid fire. Alex Bragg asks, on a scale from McLovin to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, how fit is Joseph? <laughs> Sam Jones. That's pretty damn fit. Um, at ATLETD247 <laughs> asks, do you agree with Jim Curtin? Spelled like the curtain, like a like a thing you put over <laughs> your window. That's funny to me. Anyway, uh, do you agree with Jim Curtin that Gabriel Heinze is an asshole? We didn't really get to talk about this, but like maybe a little. And yeah, that's okay. I was going to say kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, I know, like, exactly. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, 
yeah, yeah, no, totally fine. Um, Ryan asked, based solely on names, which is better, Joseph Martinez or Jose Martinez? This is important. Please answer correctly. Joseph. That's my, that's, I, I gotta go, I gotta roll with my own name, Joseph. An extra letter and an extra, like, consonants to it. It kind of, kind of works out nice. The F is a great twist on Joseph. Mm, yeah. Mm, exactly, exactly. Um, let's see. Matt asked, how good would this offense be if we had Tito and PT instead of Dom and Moreno? Better, worse, or same? I think it'd be better. I think we'd still be bitching. I think right? it'd be, I think all you need is Tito and it'd be way better. Like it'd just be, he's like the perfect yeah. player that needs to be inserted into this team. But unfortunately that's yeah. unlikely to happen. I, I think we'd be complaining still. That, that, that's my yeah, thought. Probably, I think it would be better. Us, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, Logan asked, how does Santiago Sosa even? I think it's, I think it's the hair. I think it's the hair. Mm. I'm going to be honest. I love my, it. That's my theory. Yeah. The shoelace. Uh, Jake, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Jake asked, where's the GoFundMe or petition to sign to buy real wingers? It's on GoFundMe. <laughs> Duh. Sosa's corked calves ask why was the full boot to the back of Joseph's head not considered dangerous play and a red card? It's because it wasn't his face, right? Mm. Like you gotta, you gotta like maybe give permanent damage to like the aesthetics of it all, but you know, you gotta make it really, really count. That's I, was, I was surprised there wasn't a card there, but uh, it should have been a red. But you know, these things, these things happen. These I'm things fine. Happen yeah, I mean, calf. I'm all about just let the referee administer the game the way he does it, and then we can all bitch about the referee afterwards. So wonderful. Uh, Ryan McMahon ask, ask any revised predictions for Moreno, Joseph, or Elo this year. Uh, Moreno, definitely. Moreno. I yeah, you'd be yeah, the one. Moreno's the one that we're concerned about most. I don't know if we really had any predictions for him other than to just be effective and good. But right now, I'm wondering when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Agreed. We'll see. Ryan asks, better fashion accessory, Tata's iconic cape or Curtin's hoodie that he stole from my 11th grade neighbor. Y'all, look, Curtin, maybe not dressing his age, but dressing well. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know. You got to take into account the shoes. Hey, he, he looks good, man. He looks good. That's check my, my thought. Check my timeline because I retweeted. I, you probably did too. Chris Walkie, uh, when this was going around, I got it from the Discord. Hilarious. Uh, lip, re- lip reading uh, Jim Curtin. Beautiful. So Beautiful. We, kn- we all know how Jim Curtin feels like about that question. <laughs> uh, Matt asks, how good this? Wait, we already did that. Joe Patrick asked, why didn't they score three goals? Why didn't? Why couldn't they just win? Seems easy enough. Next time, try muscle confusion. That was rapid fire. Joe, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no final thoughts, but check out, we're about to talk to him, uh, Doug Roberson. We're going to have a chat with him. So if you're a patron, um, you can sign up at patreon.com slash five strike final, listen to our conversation with Doug and all the conversations we've had in the past. So I would say it's definitely worth it. All right. Feel free to get at us uh, anytime at five strike final at J underscore Sam Jones at J Patrick 200 on Twitter. And of course, check out everything on Dirty South Soccer as well. Shout out Lucid. Lucid's good. I like Lucid. Mm-hmm. I like Lucid. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that'll do it. We'll be back to complain sometime next week. Bye all. tuning in everyone to this completely arbitrary internet content piece.